We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is to hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More Of. I'm here with my good friend Boone. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So we're going to start off by diving straight in. Okay. What do you feel the world needs more of? What do I feel the world needs more of? Um, you know, the, I guess just to put it in a word, it would be empathy. I feel that there's a lot of, I guess, lack of perspective of the other side of the table. I think that we're very much get into our own mind, our own world. And we don't, and I know that I'm, I'm I guess I'm saying this because I feel like I do this a lot as well. <laughs> Whereas I might not necessarily be thinking about on the other side of the table, what's that person thinking, feeling, going through so that I can figure out how I can better work with them. Hmm. I really like that. I think it's true. Feeling, empathy, caring. Yeah. And so in looking at that, we'd love to know more about you and kind of how you came to that. So I'd love to know, what do you feel your wow factor is? What okay. makes you uniquely you? And what are some moments that help shape that throughout life? Okay. Um, you know, as we were chatting earlier about, you know, some of the stories that you've heard, and then, of course, I'm thinking to myself, you know, what's, what's stuff that I've, you know, gone through or that, you know, has helped shape me and, you know, create this, especially in relation to the empathy. And, you know, funny enough, when you're just asking that now, like, what could have triggered that idea initially? I think it was probably back when I was in, I think it was like second grade. And I remember my mom had taken me out of Montessori school where I don't know a ton about Montessori school, but my recollection is that they kind of teach you in blocks. And it's kind of like whatever you as a student want to start doing at the time. So I remember I was super little and I was like learning the block of what the alphabet was. So it's like, you know, this is A, this is how you write A and it's pronounced ah. I'm like, okay, ah, you know, B, B or B, whatever it is. And, uh, and I, I learned that section, and then my parents, for whatever reason, had then moved me into another school. I think because my sister had to go to the real elementary school. She's a bit older than me. But I never learned that other block of how to put these letters and sounds into sentences. Hmm. So there I am in second grade. You know, I'm stoked. You know, new, new class. You know, trying to figure everything out. And, I'm, of course, in my memory, it was like the first day. They're like, okay, we're going to do some reading. And they're going around like different students are reading and they come to me and I still remember what I had to read at least the first couple words. It was something about some cat. And then, you know, the lady asked me, okay, you can read now. I go, all right. And she like looked at me, she's like, this kid's retarded. And I was like, oh man, this is like, I didn't know what that meant, but you know, <laughs> obviously now looking back, it's not a great thing to say. Wasn't um, the greatest compliment to start with. No, no. And then, you know, they brought my mom in. They're like, listen, your son is learning disabled. And I, you know, I wasn't part of this conversation. It was after the fact I learned about it. But my mom just told him, she's like, no, she's like, he's not learning disabled. You just have a challenge in front of you. He just needs to learn how to read. Like, <laughs> he didn't learn that part. 
so they ended up putting me in um, like a special reading class where, you know, towards the end of it, it finally ended up learning how to read well. But relating it back into empathy, it's just that understanding that initially the teacher is looking at me where at the time I'm living in like a farm town area. And she's probably thinking, oh, this dumb farm boy doesn't understand how to read. Mm-hmm. And that's just her framing instead of thinking on the reverse of what could be going on. How could I you know, talk with the parents try to figure this out instead of just immediately going, that kid's dumb. He's learning disabled. Game over. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So going beyond the surface and really understanding what's causing this, not just what the, the, the symptom is in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that is more difficult on both sides to have that conversation about what more is going on beyond that. So, I mean, the reading story is, you know, kind of um, a basic one, but, you know, something more like, you know, in the various um, you know, businesses that my wife and I are involved in, uh, more specifically my family business, it's finding out from people that I'm working with what's going on and why is it that for X amount of years they've been doing incredibly well, but this past day, week, whatever, something's off. Hmm. And me relaying the numbers back to you of, listen, you're underperforming, isn't going to really solve it, right? I need to find out what's what's actually happening that's really causing this issue because it's more than likely something more than them not understanding their numbers are off, right? right. So I think that that's... That's something that the world, once again, needs more of is that empathy, that understanding. Um, when you're asking about my wow factor, you know, I, I'm not even sure if I have a real wow factor. I, I guess if I was to say anything I think I'm really good at is probably coming from when I was in, I guess, high school and going into college. I got involved in uh, programming. Initially, it was like HTML website programming, like super basic stuff. But at the time it was like remarkable. Cause like, wait a minute, I like write some of these like weird sentences and then this like whole graphical thing comes up. And I started learning um, animation programming still in high school. And it was just like, that was like completely mind boggling, even though I was doing it like all wrong and trying to make a circle turn into a cube. But it was like getting all like, it like went through a blender and like all these different colors. So that was like a mistake on my part, but it was still pretty cool. But to, to the superpower, I think it's just, really kind of going through things in a very analytical fashion to try to figure out what's going on. I guess if I was to relate it to anything, it would almost be like, um, I guess, my assumption of Six Sigma, where they really teach you about how they go through a process. And I think that that's something that kind of comes naturally to me. I remember talking to my sister, who's a really smart accountant, and she was trying she was trying to tell me about some accounting thing and some numbers and like how what she does is like, you know, amazing. And it is. And I was relaying back to her, I was like, yeah, I was like, at the end of the day, you just know a process that allows you to do this stuff. And if you were able to teach me that process, then I'd be able to do it just as well as you. And she was like, well, I don't know about that. And I was like, well, I mean, there's you know, always your little like secret sauce and whatnot. But that's just how I kind of view everything is there's a formula, there's a pattern, there's an equation. And once you understand it, you can be able to do it and you'll more than likely get the same success. And I guess that's what I try to routinely look for in just my life is what's that certain pattern as basic as if I don't go to the gym, then I'm not going to hit the health goals I'm looking for. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just that simple of you got to make sure to do this thing and then this thing and then this thing, and then you get the result and doing it consistently. Well, I love that. I love that. It's very cool. And and I think there is a wow factor in there that I don't know if you'll put your words about saying it's a wow, (laughs) but for most people listening, that's wow. That's interesting. Like, identify the formula, understand the process, and you can get the result. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't think or feel that way. So that that, that is a wow factor. I, yeah. I like that. I guess uh, just one thing I just add to that is I think that's why 
I am so interested in self-development stuff in general because hearing what other people have done or what process they're sharing, it's just, in my mind, it just becomes so easy. It's like, yeah, you just do that thing. And funny enough, that actually just reminded me, my wife and I, uh, a couple of years ago, we um, we were at an event, learned about some real estate stuff. But to, to cut to the short end of the story, we went, we heard some information, we took action on it, and we started getting a great result. Mm-hmm. In the future then, uh, like a year or so after that, we randomly stopped by one of our um, you know, mentors' offices just thinking, you know, maybe, maybe it would just be a cool shop. They happened to be there. And it was, uh, was it the Rich Dad group or company with uh, Robert Kiyosaki and we just thought maybe he'll be there and as we arrived not only was he there and his wife and like all of his advisors but they're having this like massive I think once a quarter once a year meeting and at the time we arrived just talk about serendipity they were having lunch and we first saw his wife outside and she's like yeah come on in and you know chatted up with everyone we're like oh my god this is amazing like for all these books I've and each one of their books has their face on the cover of it so I'm like well this is like weird it's like my bookshelf but like y'all are alive and like breathing <laughs> um but anyways we sat down and since we said yeah yeah we'd love to chat with uh Robert then his wife Kim says yeah sit right here and he kind of like cleared other people out we're like well this is wild and then he was asking us you know what's going on what have you been doing we shared with him yeah we went to this event, we learned about this real estate stuff. We started taking action on it. And, you know, we're getting really close to having the result that we're looking for. He's like, wow, that's amazing. He's like, I want you to, you know, just stay over here for just, just a moment. We're going to get back started. And then, um, and I think he just said, just wait here. And I was like, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, this was like his graceful way of saying, like, goodbye. <laughs> like, like we're getting... <laughs> wait st- here. Yeah. I'll see you in a minute. Wink, on, wink, and he disappears. On the other <laughs> side of the door. <laughs> the one that says exit? Yeah, that one. No. So so th- that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, well, you know, he's very, you know, kind and how he's saying goodbye. But that wasn't the case. He had us waiting in this hallway only to then go up and talk or begin the session again with the, uh, you know, his advisors in the room to then say, listen, we have a very important guest. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is why he had us wait. Like there's some cool person coming. We're going to be able to see what they have to talk about. And they said, I'm bringing up, you know, Boone and Davis. I was like, oh, uh. <laughs> so it's like, so we're the guests. Okay, this is wild. And he brought us up because just before lunch and before that break, they were talking about, we share all this information. We read all these books. What can we do to actually have people take action on it? Mm-hmm. To just, just try it, just do it. And that's why we want us there to share that we read this information. We heard about this process. We started doing it. We started getting a result and just kind of, I guess, giving everyone in the room some hope that yeah, people are looking at this and they are reading it. So back to the, the wow. I mean, may, maybe it is a superpower because I, I just feel it's, mostly black and white that there's these patterns and you should do them but a lot of people just don't want to move it forward but i guess you just gotta give it a shot that's pretty cool i love that i love that and and digging in to get to know more about you what's a moment that made you feel incredibly humble a moment that made me feel incredibly humble it would probably be It'd probably be the time when my wife and I were trying to get pregnant. I think that would be the most humbling. And the reason for that is I have always considered myself to be a very healthy individual. Hmm. And I feel like I've always done a lot of things that are sort of like unnecessary, except for, you know, in the hopes that it will lead to great health. And in the process of, you know, my wife and I trying to have a a baby, we had some challenges 
And that's where I started realizing like, oh man, like maybe I'm not as healthy as I think I am. Or maybe once again, talk about the empathy, there's a better understanding that some things are just not going to be in your control. Hmm. So maybe that <laughs> wow factor superpower of mine is sometimes an Achilles heel because it's sometimes not as simple as A, B, C. Right. Sometimes there's something in the middle of that that you might not be aware of. So you can only do the best that you can. But I'd say that would be a moment that's very humbling because you know through the process we you know had uh, two different you know, miscarriages and that that was like just a gut punch of like whoa like why would this be but even going through all that there's of course many different reasons most of which is just simply i think as one doctor put it that you know as the cells were dividing or whatever it just it wouldn't have worked out hmm. so it's better to have had it not work out when it did than to you know have some later issue later on but i think that would be definitely the most humbling that i can think of because it had it had um shook me in an area that I, that I thought I was so strong in. Mm. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's an experience. Yeah. Holy. What about an awe-inspiring moment? An awe-inspiring moment. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, th I don't think I have an awe-inspiring moment at the moment. A moment that might have just dropped your jaw to the ground where you stood there and just thought, wow, or holy moly, something that kind of just surprised you. And it might have been a feeling, might have been something you saw, might have been an experience where you just stood on the other side of it and just in disbelief, couldn't even believe it happened. I don't know. At the moment, nothing's really coming to mind. I'm sure there has to be something there. It's okay. We'll keep moving. If it comes up, bring it okay. back, though. Inspiring moment. Inspiring moment. How about this one? Little twist. What's your greatest fear? Greatest fear. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is obviously like a fear of failure. And, and I guess it's just because I, I guess it comes back to like when I was younger and like I was, I was I think a lot of people were bullied but I was bullied and I started to get on the flip side of it and started to be a bully to a certain extent but um I think that was that's where all that stuff came from was that there's this fear of failure of the other kids kind of making fun of me or me putting myself out there and not you know achieving what I would like to or just just having it not work out and I'd, I'd say more recently especially with uh the current business that my wife and I are in is there's been a better understanding of, you know what, the fear of failure is going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy mm. if I don't do something. Mm. If I don't try to do this thing, if I don't try to make the move, if I don't go out there and maybe fail at it, I'm I'm for sure going to fail. So it's one of those like tricky, rocking, you know, hard place because if you don't do anything because you're stuck in that fear of failure, which, you know, sometimes I felt then I'm going to fail because <laughs> nothing's happening. Right. So I would say that would definitely be one of my biggest fears is just the concept of failure and that if it's almost like a um, a showing of a vulnerability, like if I try to go out and do it and if I try to put everything into it, let fully be known that I'm trying to make this happen and if it crumbles, it's kind of like, shit. 
like maybe you know like little Timmy in second grade was right. Maybe oh. I am. Maybe I am. Fucking Timmy. Yeah, maybe Comes I am out worthless. Of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, right. So I think it's like those little things that even when you actually think about it logically, you're like, yeah, that's that doesn't make any sense. Mm. But then something comes up, and then you realize that you're kind of holding back. And I think that's that's definitely the fear that that I have, and you keep working through. Hmm. That's powerful. I think a lot of people experience that concept as well. I think for sure. Here's a question: What about the future? What are you most excited about for your future? Oh man, now that part I definitely have a good idea on. Um, you know, my wife and I recently did have a baby. He's soon to be a year in a couple months, so that's mm. very exciting. So I'm I'm thrilled to see more of how he's kind of growing up my wife and i also want to have another kid so i'm excited for that especially going through the first (laughs) baby and all those challenges like i remember seeing a um commercial for i think it was pampers it's some diaper company and it was showing like on the first kid like they're like super attentive like making sure everything's fine like it's not like the pacifier dropped on the floor and the mom like gets it like puts it in the boiling water to sanitize it before the baby gets it again and then it showed like you know the second kid and it's like the pacifier drops the mom picks it up off the like some dirty ground sucks on it for a little bit and then put gives it to the baby like we're good now (laughs) so i'm excited for the the second child and kind of like going through that and like having all the understanding and I guess with that, just life in general, like I think my wife and I have a lot of you know great things going for us and, you know, the beginnings of this business and the uh, first baby that we have um, in, you know, where we're living now, like down in Miami Beach, it's just a beautiful place to be and there's so much going on here. So it's, I'm really excited for just all of that unfolding and just seeing it happen. Um, if I was to put it into just one zone, it would for sure be seeing, you know, our, our child grow up mm-hmm. because in the was it nine months that he's been alive so far, it's been wild to see him go from like not even being able to hold his own head up because he was you know a baby <laughs> to not only being able to hold his head now but like kind of crawling around commando crawling mm-hmm. and just watching him like piece things together is just mind boggling. It's like it's even the most basic things like he was in this like little um, little kind of chair that holds him and there's like a little uh, entertainment bar of of uh, some little dangling things and we had to put a toy up there this like a uh, lion that was really colorful so obviously he's into it and I, I would see him you know, looking at it and I could tell he like wanted to grab it but as he did it like his arm kind of like goes too hard right it's like it's, his options were zero or 100 so it's like 100 flies back and like you know doesn't get the lion but I see him like trying to put it together and then like you know whatever a couple of days later or a month whatever it was he finally started to understand like okay I can control this like crazy little arm thing and grab this. So it's, it's just cool to see him going through the world and piecing things together. And I'm really excited to see more of that. Cause in my, in my perspective, as I share with my wife, when we're first talking about, you know, do we want to have kids is I see having kids as like kind of um, an amplification of life. Hmm. Same with, you know, getting married. Like you go, you go through, through something or I guess to make it more basic you if you go to and, and attend a concert by yourself you're there there's a bunch of people whoa this is exciting it's cool and then you leave that event you leave that concert and it's kind of like that moment sort of like ends because unless you have friends a spouse whatever you don't really get to continue that you don't get to echo that event through your life um, so that's what I kind of see you know, marriage being as I, and I have this buddy that now we're like echoing these events through life. And now I have this, you know, son. And then we're like, all three of us are like echoing all this cool stuff. So I just kind of see it just continuing to, to amplify life. I'm oh, excited about awesome. that. Yeah, That's awesome. It sounds like watching him 
evolve has been also one of those awe-inspiring moments. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Probably can't like pin like a, I guess I was thinking of like a specific moment where like he looked up and I don't know, like his eyes saw me or something, but it's like, you know, like I would he say. He saw me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, saw me. Like, <laughs> but it's true. Through the eyes, <laughs> the window true, of the soul. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like when he was like little, it's like he was looking around. You could tell he's like looking past you. Yeah. Like, you know, like when someone's like looking for something behind you. But yeah, there's like the one time where like he does like see you. And then I guess the furthermore than that is like when he recognizes you, it's like you walk in, he's like, <gasps> and like turns his head and you're like, buddy. And then he like, you know, connects it. But yeah, I think all those events would probably be those awe-inspiring moments of just those little things, the crawling, the walking, the, you know, me saying his name and him looking at me, me coming home and him seeing me and realizing that I'm something more than, you know, the furniture. <laughs> it's like, you know, just those little things. <laughs> the differentiation. This is yeah. dad, not a chair. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope I'm cooler than the chair. <laughs> I love it. So we're going to switch sections here. This next section is called Nuts and Bolts. Okay. And it, it's focused on practical, applicable, tangible things someone could do from listening in uh, to today's episode. And, and so we're going to start off with where do you focus the majority of your life and hours and thoughts each day currently right now? I, w I mean, the first thing that popped in my head is getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the first thing I think about because in my mind, completing things are – completing things are leading me to my goals. My goals are leading me to my dreams. My dreams is leading me to, you know, just everything. Mm. So that's, that's where I'd say I focus majority of my time. And I definitely am always balancing in my mind between stuff that needs to be done and making sure that I'm doing the right things. I always have going in the back of my mind. I, I'm not sure exactly where I heard it. If I was to guess, it was maybe some Jim Rohn quote or short story about how he wanted this guy to come to his event and essentially the guy was saying, well, I got to fix my creaky door. I got to take the trash out. It's just all these things that were minor things. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, the saying of, are you majoring in the minors? Are you focusing on stuff that doesn't really matter? Mm -hmm. So that's something I try to make sure in my mind, because there's always so much stuff that has to be done to the most insignificant thing, like, I don't know, wiping down your kitchen counter to more significant things like launching a business or having a child and taking care of them, right? Yeah. So that's something I... I definitely focus majority of my time on is how can I make sure that what I am doing right now in this moment is going to be impactful and important for now. Mm. I love that. I love that. And, and what would you say is a secret to your success in that? <laughs> First thing that pops in my mind is my wife because she's really good at helping me navigate what is important and what is not important because mm. I will absolutely fall into majoring in the minors in something that might not be as important. And with that being said, it, it could be something that big picture is important for me, but it is losing sight of what is going to be actually important. Hmm. So I guess that would be like doing a bunch more business work versus making sure to spend time with my wife or my wife and my kid or, you know, any kind of combo of that, but hmm. it's making sure to put time on that. So how I effectively get it done is I guess having that other person that can help give me perspective in understanding what needs to be worked on. Wow. So for someone that doesn't have, you know, a spouse, significant other, mentor, whatever, I would say just really taking time either at the end of your day, end of your week to just look back and think, you know, what, am I, am I proud of what I did and did it actually matter? Was I really busy and I did a bunch of checkboxes or did I actually work on the stuff that, 
that matters most for me in my life and whatever those dreams, hopes are. I, I love that. Uh, in a previous episode, he was saying, it, it was Farhad from Iran, Iran, but he's living in Dubai. He said every morning he wakes up and he says, first, who do I want to be today? And he said, yeah. I want to be a fun dad. <laughs> nice. He said, second, w- how do I want to live today? So how am I going to go about being a fun dad? And then third, what do I need to do to make that happen? He was talking about all day long. He has a 10-year-old, so he he creates little surprises for her all day long that don't cost anything, but just little things that can surprise her so that he's always a cool, fun dad by the end of the day. Uh, And then the final piece is, you know, he said the fourth question is, what do I most want to share with my family and the world around me? And so each morning he said he stares himself in the mirror and asks those questions and says them out loud, and then that's kind of his plan for the day. Nice. Uh, but it correlates nicely with what you just said here uh, of, of really stepping back and making sure you're focused on the most important parts of that day and that you're really being there. Um, and, and I agree. It's amazing when you have an amazing spouse who can help kind of clear away the yeah. clutter. Uh, and especially at this stage and age of life, the drive to want to be on mission and focus on target 24 hours a day is is just thriving in, in a man's world. And so to have someone who can kind of bring you back to life and and just take a breath and realize, hey, is this going to be most important 10 years from now? Yeah. It, it is very, very helpful. I experience a lot of the same things. So and yeah. it's wonderful you guys can do that for each other. Yeah, it definitely helps a ton. So final question, what's one actionable tip that can help others achieve this kind of experience of success in their life? One actionable tip. Something people could do each day that would really help them in the process. And you've already shared a bunch, but just kind of to hone it down. If someone was to walk away and do this one thing from today's episode, what would it be? I think more recently what I've been thinking about is like what I see in the further future. So like in the 10 year period, I think that when I am looking at the end of you know this year or in a calendar year, that I'm still able to picture a lot of stuff that might not necessarily matter. But when I look much further out, that's where I can start getting better perspective of like things that matter now today. Because hmm. I guess, I, I guess as, as I'm sharing about this time stuff, in recently having a kid, I now feel like I can better appreciate time because seeing his development brings time like right in my face it's Mm -hmm. like wait a minute it seems like yesterday he was like unable to move his head and like couldn't walk or crawl or anything or really do much of anything and now he's like doing so much stuff it's like mind-boggling how quickly those things happen so i think that's given me a better perspective of you know what if i'm not thinking about further down the road kind of that bigger thing and taking time to talk with, well, for me, you know, specifically talk with my spouse about where both of us want to end up, mm. then I'm going to lose sight of it. And I'm going to start on that, you know, that one millimeter difference that over 10 years is going to be us in different continents. Mm. So I think the actionable for people would be make sure just to take some time to reflect on what it is you really, you really want. And if you're driving towards that, mm. because there are so many things that are going to grab our attention and have us be, you know, quote busy, but it's, are you doing the thing that you really looking back in 10 years are going to be proud that you did or that would really matter for you? I think that will help everyone gain a bit more perspective. Oh, I love that. I really love that. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. I, I think that's incredibly useful. The ability to keep perspective. 
uh, the ability to have empathy and care and look past the current symptom or whatever's showing up in someone's world, um, and, and the ability to realize how quickly things are moving past, but you can really stay on track if you pay attention to the formulas that work and you, and you keep uh, realizing there's going to be moments out of your control, but at the same time, you can take those moments and, and do all that you possibly can and prepare. Uh, and, and really looking forward into the future and no watching the perspective from short-term and long-term to realize the little things you're doing today are really adding up to the long-term vision of where you're headed. I think this is really useful for people to, to listen into. So thank you for sharing with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on this. I hope people get something out of it for sure. And for everyone listening, thank you for tuning in. Uh, as always, if you like the show, please make sure to subscribe. Please make sure to to share. We believe that sharing is caring and we like caring people around here. So make sure to tell a friend and, and have them come and tune in and listen and learn. And, and thank you again for spending a little bit of life in love with us. Hope you enjoyed this and I look forward to seeing you all next episode.